Ride You're On right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Coming to you from the shores of the Indian River on Florida's beautiful Treasure Coast. And bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at, and illusion is usually king. We're streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. Prefer to send an email? The address is RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Or you can call the vent line and leave a rant at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, that Daytona 500 was pretty anticlimactic yesterday. Instead of seeing the, uh, the stock cars go round and round, we got to see the color weather radar go round and round. And it was very anticlimactic after... The president's um, flyover in Air Force One, uh, 800 feet above the, how many people do you suppose uh, they seat at at the Daytona 500? It's got to be in excess of 200,000. It's, it's the biggest spectator event in the country. It's probably well in excess of 200,000. And, uh, and then, of course, you know, you had Donald Trump uh, running the pace lap in the beast, which I got to admit, I was kind of unimpressed by. It. I wanted to see that that uh, that beast up there on the uh, the high bank going about 110 miles an hour. And I have no doubt that those Secret Service agents uh, could have done that. Uh, but whoever made that decision uh, didn't want to take the risk, obviously. So I guess they're going to try to run it again today. I don't know what those. Uh, all those rednecks do that have uh, gone gone there in their trailer uh, mobile homes and everything, uh, if they just stay or, or if uh, a good number of them have to leave. So Friday night, uh, the night when um, the public relations crisis managers like to drop uh, bad information, we learned that the decision had been made by the Department of Justice that they are not going to prosecute Andrew McCabe a guy that uh, was shown to have lied repeatedly under oath to FBI agents far worse than what Roger Stone's accused of doing or George Papadopoulos was accused of doing or any number of Trump associates that the deep state has gone after uh, with a wrecking bar. Andrew McCabe, a former deputy of the FBI and acting FBI director, is going to just skate away with it. And uh, everybody, you know, seems very depressed about this. I'm not, because I never believed that they were going to prosecute Andrew McCabe. Andrew McCabe knows too much about too many people. You put uh, Andrew McCabe on a stand, and there's no telling what he would say. And so they've drugged this thing out and now announced it on a Friday afternoon, and uh, he's not going to be prosecuted. They're uh, on on the talking shows of Maria Bartiromo's Sunday Futures, uh, you had Trey Gowdy point out that this is uh, just this one particular charge that uh, they're going to drop charges against McCabe for, but but he's not going to face charges on anything else either. 
And another uh, reason that they're not going to charge Andrew McCabe or any of these other swamp creatures is because they're going to have to try him in a Washington, D.C. court. And they know uh, pretty certainly, without very, with very little doubt, that they're not going to get a conviction of any of these Democrat deep state operatives for their wrongdoing and the Russiagate hoax or the Mueller investigation that was designed to cover it up. Uh, the voters in D.C. are made up largely of uh, deep state bureaucrats themselves, highly Democrat partisan. I think um, uh, D.C., uh, the vote went 94% for Hillary Clinton in 2016. And now a lot of that's even spilling over into Virginia to the point where Virginia has gone from a solidly red state to a blue state. And last week they passed... Uh, a gun control measure out of the House of Delegates in Virginia is going to make it illegal uh, to to buy um, a high-capacity semi-automatic rifle. Uh, New York Times suggested that um, Durham is moving forward and waiting to call Comey, Brennan, and McCabe, and that uh, that's where the, the real action is going to take place in this. And, of course... Uh, Durham is uh, working out of Connecticut, so they may have a chance to get a more um, uh, fair jury in Connecticut. I I don't understand why, if they can drag Roger Stone out of his bed uh, before dawn and drag him up to Washington, D.C. and prosecute him there, why we can't do the same with Andrew McCabe, drag him out of his uh, uh, Washington, D.C. or or Virginia home and, and take him down to Florida and try him. Don't really understand how that works. Donald Trump weighed in on, uh, on this decision and, uh, and he thought it was just a disgrace. Roger Stone very badly. They treated everybody very badly. And if you look at the Mueller investigation, it was a scam because it was illegally set up. It was set up based on false documentation and false documents. You look at what happened, how many people were hurt, their lives were destroyed, and nothing happened with all the people that did it and launched a scam. Where's Comey? Why? Where is Comey? What's happening to McCabe? What's happening to Lisa and uh, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page? What's happening with them? It was a whole setup. It was a disgrace for our country, and everyone knows it, too. Everyone, including NBC, which gives a lot of fake news. The fact is that Roger Stone was treated horribly, and so were many other people. Their lives were destroyed. And it turns out, you look at the FISA warrants and what just happened with FISA, where they found out it was fixed, that it was a dirty, rotten deal. So when you look at that and you see what happened to Roger Stone, but think of it, a man leaks classified information highly classified they give him two months roger stone for doing nobody even knows what he did in fact they said he intimidated somebody that person said he had no idea he was going to jail for that that person didn't want to press charges (laughs) i gotta admit uh you know donald trump has been the the target of this witch hunt in washington dc for over three three years and if i was in the same position he was in I might be even more angry, but you can um, listen to the president right there. You can tell that um, he has been driven almost to the point of, um, 
well, I don't want to say insanity, but uh, definitely uh, uh, they have uh, f- frustrated him to the point where he is uh, starting to um, to get frazzled. Andrew McCabe agrees that it's a disgrace that these uh, charges were brought uh, or these charges were dropped, but for a different reason. It is an absolute disgrace that they took two years um, and put my family through this experience for two years before they finally drew the obvious conclusion um, and one they could have drawn um, a a long, long time ago. Yeah, they could have drawn that conclusion a long, long time ago that they were never going to prosecute me. They were were dragging it out to try to keep up this pretense that there is uh, equal justice under the law in Washington, D.C., Andrew McCabe uh, not only lied about leaking to the Wall Street Journal, he lied about lying to the uh, Wall Street Journal. After he was caught lying initially, he uh, he called in to <clears throat> recant his statement. And then they uh, interviewed him again on tape where he lied uh, again repeatedly. Even James Comey admitted that Andrew McCabe lied because uh, McCabe had claimed that uh, he had permission to uh, to leak these this classified information to the Wall Street Journal. Matt Getz was on with Maria Bartiromo on Sunday Futures this weekend. Here's what he had to say about it. The disgrace is that Andrew McCabe isn't going to be behind bars. Let's remember he leaked, he lied about leaking, and then he lied about lying about leaking. We can't live in a world where an old FBI business card doubles as a get-out-of-jail-free card when people break the law, especially when you see that when folks were accused of lying like Roger Stone and Michael Flynn, they had the book thrown at them. And so I think there's still probably a little swamp left to be drained at the Department of Justice, and I'm hopeful that Attorney General Bill Barr will get the job done in that regard. Well, I'm, <laughs> I guess we can all hope. Hope springs eternal. I'm not very confident that it is ever going to happen. Don Jr., I, I found a clip of him on a radio show, and he, he summed up quite nicely the two-tier justice system in Washington, D.C. I've done 30 and, hours of testimony, yeah. and trust me, if these bastards could do something about it, if I did something wrong, if they could do any, yeah, I ain't getting the McCabe treatment. And that was the point. It was 30 hours, not about what I did, mm-hmm. but 30 hours to ask me the same thing, hoping that I say something a little bit different that they could say, oh, we got, it was a perjury trap. They want to see if they they have one inconsistency. They want me to make a mistake. They say, okay, that guy's out there. He's loud. He's brash. You know, we're going to, we're going to fluster him over 30 hours. Mm -hmm. We're going to get him. And then once you, you know, I'm not getting, like I said, McCabe, these guys on the other, they literally lied in front of Congress. It is known. They didn't even, they didn't even try to do anything to them. There was not even a thought about punishing them. It's like, ah, it's different. It's different. Uh, I would not have been given that same treatment. I'd be in jail right now. No doubt about it. Um, there's a there's a whole raft of people uh, in this RussiaGate hoax that still have not been called before the Senate Judiciary Committee or the Senate uh, Ju- uh, Intelligence Committee and put through the same ringer that uh, that that Donald Trump Jr. or uh, Michael Caputo or uh, Roger Stone or any of these other people. They they've never even been subjected to this perjury trap that is ensnared. Uh, Papadopoulos and Flynn and and um, Roger Stone and many others, and I kept uh, I keep saying uh, the the solution to all this is we need to devolve government out of Washington D.C. 
there it, it was a there was a reason um back when washington dc was founded to have the, all of these government agencies located close by each other because we didn't have the internet we didn't have high speed communications we didn't have airlines but now, uh, in, in modern day, there is no reason whatsoever to have all of our uh, Washington bureaucrats who are all on board with the Democrats' agenda of bigger government and um, and more power to, to federal officials. There's no reason to have them all located together. We need to start moving some of these federal agencies out around this country. It's unnatural that they're all there in this uh, highly affluent um, leftist enclave in Washington, D.C., this uh, this echo chamber. And we need to get them out into the real world and around some real Americans. Share the wealth. Well, Washington, D.C. Uh, metropolitan area is the most affluent area in this country, even more affluent than Silicon Valley, even more affluent than um, the Washington, uh, the, uh, the Manhattan area where uh, Wall Street's located. We need to get them out where the there's a lower cost of living and they can rub elbows with some real Americans. Hey, before we get on to this Michael Avenatti story, I want to ask you a favor. I've got um, I've got listeners all across uh, the internet. I've got probably well, definitely more than a dozen channels that I uh, I distribute this show to. In addition to this Mojo Five O Radio Network. Uh, we go out on Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Blueberry, Stitcher, probably a half a dozen more uh, podcast directories. We're on YouTube and SoundCloud and um, BitChute, Gab, and Minds. It's great. I get a lot of listeners that way, but I, I have a hard time keeping up with how many people are listening and where they're listening. So if you would do me a favor... And just uh, shoot me an email at rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. That's D-A-W-S, rightnowjimdaws, D-A-W-S at gmail.com. Let me know where you're listening, um, on, on what channel, you know, how you get this broadcast. And um, I would really appreciate that because it would give me a handle on how I ought to um, go about uh, this distribution and keeping track of uh, of the size of our audience. So also on Friday, we learned as if to kind of balance out and keep people from uh, losing their minds entirely over McCabe that Michael Avenatti was found guilty in that Manhattan courtroom. The Southern District of New York went after him because he went he uh, tried to extort money from Nike. He, uh, he told them that if uh, they didn't uh, hire him to the tune of $25 million in order to uh, investigate um, discrimination in their company, that, that he was going to take it public and, and knock $10 billion off their market capitalization. And they've convicted Michael Avenatti of extortion, and now he now faces 49 years in jail. Now, i got to point out something. This is the exact kind of shakedown that Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton and other uh, identity groups, including 
um, uh, Hispanic identity groups engage in all the time. They tell these big corporations that if you don't uh, hire us to engage in these um, uh, diversity workshops and uh, and if you don't fund our programs to design uh, designed to overcome your evil, that we're going to boycott you and we're going to picket your offices and we're going to go on all of the news media and drive down your stock price. It's been going on. Um, I can't remember. Uh, it's been going on so long. But Avenatti tried this uh, this little gambit, and uh, he's going to go to jail for 49 years. And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you could see this coming. Michael Avenatti was a shyster from the get-go, and everybody uh, who had any sense about them uh, could tell. But that did not include the mainstream media. He's Donald Trump's worst nightmare, Michael Avenatti. Joining us once again is Michael Avenatti. Let's bring in Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti, thank you very much. He's out there saving the <laughs> Look, country. John Meacham says he may be the savior of the republic. You are something of a folk hero now. I owe Michael Avenatti an apology. I've been saying enough already, Michael. I've seen you everywhere. What do you have left to say? I was wrong, brother. You have a lot to say. I uh, am just dying to hear what you think. These people all like you. I'm the only person right here Donald Trump fears more than Robert Miller. We think you guys are the tip of the spear that's going to take down Donald Trump. Michael Avenatti's a beast. Okay, that's true. And he, He's a beast. He's a beast. I hand it to her and I hand it to Michael Avenatti. But he has a great, bigger calling here. That being a lawyer is minimal compared to what he's doing. No one has talked tougher directly to Donald Trump on TV than Michael Avenatti. And Donald Trump is afraid to mention his name. That's fascinating. Donald Trump is terrible. Terrified of Michael Avenatti. Now, this Trump will run for his money more than anybody else, Michael Avenatti. An existential threat to the Trump presidency. The Democrats could learn something for you. You are. I took that on a little bit uh, longer than uh, probably necessary just to illustrate the fact that, that I could put together an hour's worth of clips of leftist media hacks fawning and, uh, and, and kissing Michael Avenatti's butts. Anybody that had any sense could see that this was an ambulance chaser, shyster lawyer that eventually was going to melt down. Over the weekend, over on CNN, they actually blamed um, the the left-wing media's uh, devotion to Michael Avenatti on, you guessed it, it's all Donald Trump's fault. Yeah. Let me ask you real quick while I have you. Michael Avenatti is, yeah. is back in the news. You know, the swamp is not just about Trump figures. I feel like there are so many other figures that are part of the swamp. Avenatti has just been convicted on three counts for alleged extortion and other crimes. Uh, Did he just say that Trump was part of the swamp and that Avenatti was part of the swamp? <laughs> I don't think my, uh, that Brian Stelter understands exactly who the swamp is. I've been getting some grief from Sean Hannity this weekend, speaking of, of Fox, right, from Hannity for once suggesting that I thought Avenatti could be a serious candidate for president. So give me a media critique. Was that, was that stupid on my part? What do you, what do you make yes, of how it was stupid Avenatti on your was part. covered by CNN and MSNBC? Well, I think one of the weird and in many cases distressing things that Trump has done is basically to Trumpify his opposition as well. And you see this very often in the conspiracy. It's not your fault. Donald Trump has Trumpified you. 
conspiratorial mindset that many of his detractors take online. Hmm. And I think that bore itself out um, in the phenomenon of Michael Avenatti as well. This was a guy who, in many ways, was very similar to Trump. Um, he really knew how to operate in the modern media environment. Right. And I think that's what really um, drew a lot of Trump's critics to him, was this idea that he could sort of beat Trump at his own game. The question that I think a lot of journalists now have to ask themselves, though, is whether, you know, by, by virtue of granting that, they were basically buying into, they were being played by that very strategy. His- it's not your fault, Brian Stetler, George Costanza look alike. Donald Trump did this to you. Donald Trump Trumpified you. And Donald Trump is responsible for the left-wing media being totally duped by this obvious shyster. I remember a, a clip uh, when when Avenatti appeared with the Harpies on The View. Whoopi and Joy Behar and uh, Cindy McCain and that which, whichever one they have sitting in that other seat. And he was uh, he was sort of predicting the future. All of my sexual fantasies involve handcuffs. Oh, 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 oh! Well, uh, looks like Macalavinati's sexual fantasies are all about to come true. All, all of my sexual fantasies involve handcuffs. Oh, oh, oh! Oh man. You just can't make this stuff up. Hey, uh, I've expanded the store over at AmericaFirstRadio.shop, and now in addition to our banana bag, uh, IV Oral Solution, uh, we've got uh, we've added some other products. We've added some T-shirts and a fantastic knife sharpener. If you're not able to keep a good edge on your kitchen knives or hunting knives, I've got a, uh, a perfect product over there for you that will allow you to put a precision blade every time on uh, on all of your knives run on over there at americafirstradio.shop get your banana bag oral solution if you're suffering from diabetes and uh, subject to dehydration from that or or other medical conditions you want to get this banana bag oral solution and have it on hand to keep you from uh, getting run down and ended up to uh, needing to go to the hospital for an iv so over the weekend Three, that's uh, at AmericaFirstRadio.shop, by the way, AmericaFirstRadio.shop. Over the weekend, uh, three Democrat candidates were interviewed by Telemundo. And two of the three were unable to name the current president of Mexico, AMLO, Obador, Lopez Obador. And the third presidential candidate uh, wasn't sure he was able to name him, but had to confirm that he was still, in fact, the president of Mexico. So you had a sitting U.S. senator in the form of Amy Klobuchar unable to name the president of the country that sits on our southern border and is causing us to have this uh, immigration disaster uh, on our southern border, our second largest trading partner in the world. Amy Klobuchar was unable to name him. So was Tom Steyer. Pete Booty Judge was able to name the president, but he had to have it confirmed by the moderator. So he wasn't exactly sure. They're all out in Nevada, which has a, a high Latino population. 
and where uh, people can just show up at caucus sites without showing any identification, without being registered to vote, without having their citizenship confirmed, and participate in the Democrat nomination process. And Elizabeth Warren, uh, I played last week, was on the air thanking illegal alien voters for assisting her campaign by organizing and volunteering. Tonight is for every undocumented, unafraid organizer and volunteer. That's what you call foreign interference in an election, ladies and gentlemen, but it's okay when the Democrats do it. We're going to run out to a break. You're going to hear two messages, and then we'll be right back, right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network, and we'll talk about Hillary for VP. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes of the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. <laughs> so on Saturday, we learned that Michael Bloomberg is considering asking Hillary Clinton to be his running mate as the vice president on the ticket. <laughs> Oh man, you gotta you gotta wonder if Michael Bloomberg has considered the implications to his personal safety in such a decision. Does he have a death wish? <laughs> Maybe he uh, plans on you know having a uh, an agent posted outside his door and having having a personal taster uh, if if Hillary becomes vice president. You know, this is really uh, not a surprise. Um, I guess, uh, you know, people haven't been paying attention, but a, a lot of uh, Democrats uh, in the the National Committee have been urging that uh, somebody appoint Hillary as vice president. She couldn't get elected president, but maybe, uh, maybe she can ride into the White House as the vice president and uh, whoever is able to win the election could step down either uh, voluntarily or involuntarily. Hillary Clinton uh, uh, tipped her hand about uh, knowing how all of this was going to shape up. I guess it's been about six months ago uh, appearing on uh, a, a forum with the New York Times. 
You support whoever the candidate is on the Democratic side? Yeah, sure. 100%. Yeah, because I think I know who they're likely to be. Who who are they? Who who do you think it's going to be? I'm not going to go that. I'm not going to go there. (laughs) Now, look, I think that um, we we have to we have to measure the risk to the country. And you know, look, it won't surprise you to hear me say I think that um, another term of our current administration would be deeply damaging to our economy to our economy another term like what we just had with um about a dozen records in the dow Jones, record low unemployment rising wages after four decades of stagnant wages that that would be damaging to our economy and hillary clinton starts out that clip by saying she thinks she knows who the ticket's going to be but she's just not going to say so you support whoever the candidate is on the Democratic side? Yeah, sure. A hundred percent. Yeah, because I think I know who they're likely to be. Who's, who are they? Who's, <laughs> who? uh, <laughs> you know, Steve Bannon uh, called this. He saw all of this coming uh, as, as early as last August. He was saying that uh, Michael Bloomberg was going to weigh in with his big old fat checkbook and that uh, he was going to ask Hillary Clinton to be his running mate. And I think this goes back to the heart of why the Democratic Party has lost its way. The Democratic Party does not understand today, eight months from Election Day, why they lost 2016. They don't understand about managed decline of our elites. They don't understand why Donald Trump won. They don't understand the message of Donald Trump. They've spent three years trying to destroy him. They failed to destroy him. Eight months from the election, they have nothing. So now they have a moderate Republican mayor oligarch of New York combining with a globalist, a multi-time failure uh, presidential candidate to try to do a combination. And I think that this shows you the desperation of the Democratic Party and really the personal vendetta that the Clintons and Michael Bloomberg have against President Trump. This is not about taking the country forward. This is not about taking the country to the next level. This is not about helping working class people. This is a personal vendetta. And Democrats, and I come from a family of Democrats, the Democratic Party should be ashamed of itself. Well, the Democrat Party is not ashamed of itself because the Democrat Party is not who they they claim to be. What you're seeing uh, with the Democrat Party is a mask. They're uh, an organization, a globalist, um, big um, money organization that's designed to pre- protect the interests of the money elite and uh, and do that by selling out the interests of the American people. They've been doing that and getting away with it. Hell, going all the way back to slavery. And uh, and now you know they're deter- They they thought that they were going to be able to flog old Joe Biden across the line to protect their interests. And obviously that's not working because Joe Biden was never uh, a good candidate and he's in utter free fall collapse now. And so they've, uh, they've got a f- former Republican mayor of New York city with his uh, multi-billion dollar checkbook getting off the sidelines. And now he's talking about, he'll, he'll bring the Clintons in with him in the form of Hillary as vice president, and now we'll have uh, the globalists and the financial elite in this country all represented on one ticket. Now, I have no doubt that the Democrat Party can engineer uh, that result at their upcoming convention in Milwaukee. How they sell that to the American people in the age of Donald Trump's America First policies being so wildly successful, I'm not... I'm not really sure how that works.
uh, I can think of one way that they could make it work, and that would be through the elimination of Donald Trump. And, uh, and uh, you know, I have to be careful what I say here, but uh, I fully expect that between now and Election Day, they're going to try to change the head of the uh, the Republican ticket in 2020. Hey, let me ask you again, uh, if you're listening to this on uh, on one of the uh, the channels, shoot me an email and let me know how you listen to Right Now with Jim Dawes. The address is rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com, and that name is spelled D-A-W-S. I've got, um, I've got over a dozen, well over a dozen channels that I distribute this show on, including uh, Mojo Five O Radio Network and Spreaker and TuneIn and SoundCloud and Stitcher and iTunes and Blueberry and BitChute and Minds and Gab and Google TV or, uh, uh, yeah, Google, Google TV. It's unlimited. So I have a hard time keeping up with where how many listeners I've got and where they're listening. If you could just shoot me an email and let me know how you get this show, I would greatly appreciate it. The address is right now, Jim Dawes at gmail.com. And while you're on the internet, go on over to my store. I've added some products over the weekend at America first radio.shop. That's America first radio.shop and uh, get yourself uh, an order of the banana bag oral solution. That'll prevent you from getting dehydrated and possibly ending up in the hospital from a medical condition or overexertion. So I have absolutely great product to have in your medicine chest just in case of a hangover. It can prevent a hangover if you take it a, uh, beforehand, and it can uh, cure a hangover if you don't. AmericaFirstRadio.shop for your banana bag oral solution, or we've got some uh, really cool prepper T-shirts up there, and we've got a fantastic uh, knife sharpener that will put a perfect blade on your knives. So Pat Buchanan had a column over the weekend. If I haven't mentioned it to you, I worked for Pat Buchanan's presidential campaigns in 92, 96, and 2000. And I think uh, Pat Buchanan is a national treasury starting to get up in age. And I, I sure wish that this president would acknowledge that Pat Buchanan is the father of the America First movement. That started uh, started his rise to power, and uh, award Pat Buchanan the Presidential Medal of Freedom. I don't think he's going to be able to do that because he said uh, things back in 2000 when uh, both Donald Trump and Pat Buchanan were vying for the Reform Party nomination that uh, that they would just uh, hammer him with. But um, it's it's a shame that Pat Buchanan is not uh, getting more acknowledged as the father of the America First movement. In his column, Pat said, um, from the day he entered the race, Joe Biden was the great hope of the Democrat Party establishment to spare them from the horrifying prospect of a 2020 race between Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders. Today, the same establishment wants Joe out of the race. Why has suddenly Joe Biden become an albatross? because of his feeble debate performances and his fifth place finish in New Hampshire, all but ensure that Joe will not be the nominee. And if he stays in, he'll siphon off votes from Nevada and South Carolina that would go to candidates who might put together a majority and stop old commie Bernie. 
I'm paraphrasing some of this. The panic of the establishment is traceable to the new political reality. With popular victories in Iowa and in New Hampshire, commie Bernie has largely united the left wing of the party and displaced Biden as the front runner and favorite for the nomination. Meanwhile, the non-socialist wing of the party has failed to coalesce around a champion to stop Sanders. In Nevada, uh, Sanders now has three moderate challengers, Biden, Booty Judge, and who finished second in New Hampshire, and Amy Klobuchar, who ran third and took votes that might have been given to Booty Judge to win the Granite State. Biden, Booty Judge, and Klobuchar are all now headed for Nevada caucuses on February 22nd, where Sanders is favored to win. And all three will be going to South Carolina, a state into which billionaire Tom Steyer has poured tens of millions of dollars. Sanders, however, is not without his own problems. Not only is he anathema to the establishment, he cannot wholly unite his party's left wing until his, uh, his leftist soulmate, his socialist soulmate, Elizabeth Warren, gets out. And though she ran fourth in New Hampshire, Warren is also headed into New Nevada to offer herself as a unity candidate. She wants to bridge the gap between the left wing and the establishment wing of the party. But as Biden's hour is up, so is Warren's, and she is not. And if she is not out of the race before Super Tuesday, she risks beaten, uh, being beaten in her own home state of Massachusetts. Two candidates, Warren and Biden, are in hospice care. Two other candidates, Booty Judge and Klobuchar, are competing to be the moderate alternative to Sanders, and they're in danger of canceling each other out. Two other candidates, Michael Bloomberg and Tom Steyer, multi-billionaires, will be battling on Super Tuesday to crush the scourge of the billionaire class and the globalist class in this country, old Bernie Sanders. Bloomberg, the three-term mayor of New York, upon which the establishment has begun to bet their last hopes of stopping Sanders, has already dumped a third of a billion dollars into the campaign. His poll numbers have risen, and he's probably the strongest challenger to Sanders now because he has a $60 billion fortune and can sustain his organization through the convention. The question is, would Sanders gracefully lose to a plutocrat who has deployed billions to deny him the nomination that he sought for over a decade? Would the Bernie bros who believed that they were cheated out of the nomination in 2016 accept defeat and support a billionaire they believe robbed them? Bloomberg is now facing more serious matters as a candidate on uh, on the party of the party of minorities. He was excerpted recently saying 95% of your murderers and murderers and murder victims fit one MO. You can just take the description, Xerox it, pass it out. They are male minorities between 15 and 25 and throw them up against the wall and frisk them. So that's what we've got shaping up. In these coming weeks, heading up to Super Tuesday. And uh, I think it's pretty clear that the Democrat establishment now is going to go all in on a former Republican billionaire mayor of New York City to start old Bernie. And the question is going to be, 
is uh, will they burn down Milwaukee when it happens? I mentioned that I, I would love to see Pat as um, acknowledged as the father of the America First movement. And I was there when all of this happened. Here's a clip from back in 1992 that, um, that was well ahead of uh, Trump's conversion to the America First movement. We must not trade in our sovereignty for a cushioned seat at the head table of anybody's new world order. Today we call for a new patriotism where Americans begin to put the needs of Americans first. For a new nationalism where in every negotiation, be it arms control or trade, the American side seeks advantage and victory for the United States. That was back in 92, and of course the Republican establishment mobilized. They called uh, um, Buchanan a Nazi, and they, uh, they vilified him and did everything they could to, to uh, destroy the America First movement. He ran again. At, well, he, that, he was running against uh, George W. Bush back then. And uh, he, he got 40% in the New Hampshire primary, but then he had to, to drop out. And, of course, he was right. George W. Bush went on to defeat to Bill Clinton. And then in 96, Buchanan mounted a, 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 a campaign for the GOP nomination again and actually beat old Bob Dole in the New Hampshire primaries before, um, once again, the Republican establishment and the media destroyed Pat. And I remember when he won that um, that New Hampshire primary, the utter and complete freakout of America's political elite. The establishment is coming together. You can hear them right now. The fax machines and the phones are buzzing in Washington, D.C. But you got to get together. Somebody's got to get out and take on this guy. We've got to have one guy take him on. They're going to come after this campaign with everything they got. Do not wait for orders from headquarters, mount up everybody and ride to the sound of the guns. How much better would this country have been? How much better off would it have been if we had nominated and elected Pat Buchanan back in 92 or 96? All of the illegal immigration uh, that has gone on between now and uh, then and now would have been prevented. All of the offshoring of these jobs that has done so much Damage to working people in this country could have been prevented. The culture war would have had a real warrior, a true believer fighting back. It's almost too late now. And although Donald Trump rode these themes into the White House, you know, he's not as well versed and thoughtful at it as Pat, who has written multiple books on the topic of the decline of Western civilization in the United States. And Pat Buchanan would have known how to work the levers of power in Washington, D.C. Wouldn't have been a neophyte on the job. And uh, as Pat enters, uh, you know, the, the late stages of his life, he is still a warrior for the America First movement. And it would, uh, you know, we, we saw Rush Limbaugh get the Presidential Medal of Freedom for his work. Well, Pat Buchanan was the founder of the modern first um, modern America first movement that is now you know trying to transform this country 
and he most certainly ought to receive the Presidential Medal of Freedom. So I've taken a lot of heat on social media for um, for overhyping, <laughs> well, not a lot of heat, but some heat, on social media for overhyping the coronavirus outbreak. And uh, the reason I do is because as bad as the numbers are coming out of China, they're now admitting, uh, you know, like 60,000 infections and, and uh, a couple of thousand deaths. It is undoubtedly much worse than that. I asked uh, one guy on Twitter, what, do you, what, what sort of multiplier do you think we ought to assign to Communist Party press releases out of China? And we really don't know, but what we do know is that they have lied repeatedly about the coronavirus outbreak. And that is highly suspect, if not completely unbelievable, that they claim that this virus came out of a, uh, a food market, a wet market as they like to call it, with all of these exotic things that Chinese people eat, that it is located just 20 miles from the one and only um, germ <laughs> study center uh, in China that has the coronavirus located in it. Here's a clip of Tom Cotton at a uh, Senate hearing pointing this out. They also claimed for almost two months until earlier this week that it had originated in a seafood market in Wuhan, that locals had contracted it from animals in, say, bat soup or snake tartare. That is not the case. The Lancet published a study last weekend demonstrating that of the original 40 cases, 14 of them had no contact with the seafood market, including patient zero. As one epidemiologist said, that virus went into the seafood market before it came out of the seafood market. We still don't know where it originated. Could have been another seafood market. Could have been a farm. Could have been a food processing company. I would note that China, that Wuhan also has China's only biosafety level four super laboratory that works with the world's most deadly pathogens to include, yes, coronavirus. So what would you figure that the odds are that we'd had this outbreak just uh, totally independent of this laboratory take place just within 20 miles of it? What do you figure the odds of that would be? I think they would be pretty low i mean coincidences do happen they happen all the time but the odds of a coincidence of this nature taking place uh within just a short drive of uh of that um virus laboratory i would say are pretty low now, anybody that mentions this is immediately assigned uh, the title of a conspiracy theorist. And the Chinese ambassador is, uh, is going a step further. He says if you engage uh, in um, wondering if, in fact, this virus originated in the lab, that you are, in fact, a xenophobe and a racist. Because it also gets at there's a lot of unknown. And a lot of suspicion because of that. And in fact, this week, 
Uh, Senator Tom Cotton, who sits on the Senate Intelligence and Armed Services Committee, suggested that the virus may have come from China's biological warfare program. That's an extraordinary charge. How do you respond to that? I think it's true that a lot is still unknown. And our scientists, Chinese scientists, American scientists, scientists of other countries are doing their best to learn more about the virus. But it's very harmful, it's very dangerous to stir up suspicion, rumors, and spread them among the people. For one thing, this will create panic. Another thing is that it will fend up racial discrimination, xenophobia, all these things that will really harm our joint efforts to combat the virus. Of course, there are all kinds of speculations and rumors. There are people who are saying that these viruses are coming from some military lab, not of China, maybe in the United States. How can we believe all these crazy things? So, you know who is not the only one that's speculating that this uh, this virus may have originated in a lab? The Chinese although they're calling you a racist and a conspiracy theorist, if you point out that this virus originated in the same, or just within 20 miles of their virus laboratory, they're in their state-run media are uh, accusing the United States of being the uh, source of this virus. And they're doing this largely because I think... Every uh, person who has died to date of this virus has been Asian. And they're saying that, uh, that, it's, uh, uh, that it's the United States that originated this virus and let it loose in Wuhan, China. I, I don't believe that. I have seen no evidence to support it. But I think it's uh, uh, ironic that if you point out that Wuhan is the, uh, the, the sole laboratory in China that is uh, studying this virus, and that's where it originated, you're called a conspiracy theorist, while at the same time the Chinese state-run media is engaging in exactly the same sort of um, speculation. So while we're on the topic of China, uh, the Education Department announced last week that uh, Harvard and Yale, the source of our intellectual and foreign policy and national defense elites, is being investigated for possible connections to foreign governments, including China. They uh, um, it apparently uh, it has come been learned that six point five billion dollars in ple- previously undisclosed funding have gone into Harvard and Yale, and they're now facing investigations into their ties to these foreign governments. The Education Department said Yale had failed to disclose foreign money after filing no reports from 2014 through 17, according to a document reviewed by the Wall Street Journal. The department also said in a letter Tuesday that they were seeking records regarding contributions from Saudi Arabia and China and its telecom telecom giants, read Huawei. Many other universities worldwide are getting uh, this largesse from China. So if you wonder why all of these foreign nationals are going into our major research uh, or uh, universities, including 
Harvard, Yale, Georgetown, Cornell, MIT, they're all uh, getting huge money from China and other foreign governments. And they're, uh, these, these foreign governments are setting up these so-called Confucius Institutes on the campus where the Chinese government uh, attempts to control their students and censor discourse on anything regarding China on their campus. So, let's see. Oh, here's a here's an interesting story. So, you know all the all the heat that Donald Trump took when he one of the first actions he took after his election was withdrawing the United States from this Paris Climate Accord and the United States was chastised as being an irresponsible um climate change warrior. Well, we're now learning that uh, the United States in 2019 led the entire world in um, in carbon emissions reductions. So, you know, Greta Thornburg was more than happy to come over here and condemn the United States and uh, and make faces at George uh, at uh, Donald Trump. The fact is, the United States is uh, is saw the largest decline in CO2-related emissions in 2019 of any other country. And one of the largest increases, most definitely the largest increase in uh, gross emissions, was China. Do you see Greta saying anything uh, bad about China and its thousands of coal-fired power plants that they're building? No, no. You see, Greta is a good little socialist, and the idea uh, of the socialist is to destroy capitalism, and they're definitely not going to um, criticize communist China. Women's rights groups are also uh, starting to complain because the Olympic Committee has uh, announced that they're going to allow transgenders to compete against women in the upcoming Tokyo Olympics. We're going to cover that story more tomorrow. And I hope you'll come back here and join me on the Mojo Five O Radio Network for another edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. Hope to talk to you then. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva Paper Towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home.